Good day, everybody, and welcome back to the Isaiah 5812 podcast. My name is Harold Weikert. I'm your host, and this is the seventh edition of the podcast. And we have been taking a look at Leviathan, and he is somebody that a lot of people haven't heard about. But it's critical that we understand this principality. Uh, this will be the fourth, and I think I'm going to wrap up our little session on Leviathan here today. So today we're going to be taking, oh, I, I do want to remind you of Isaiah 58, 12, and it goes, those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins, and you will raise up the age-old foundations, and you will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which to dwell. Now, we're looking at how the enemy or the world or Satan, however you want to describe it, has uh, breached God's plans and God's kingdom and breached his word and breached the relationship that God has between the two of us. So today we're going to be taking a look at, at uh, Satan's uh, mission or Leviathan's mission in the way to that he goes about accomplishing this. Now, we've talked about Leviathan being a dragon and twisting and, and how he twists and confounds the word of God. And um, today we're going to be taking a look at, at his, his mission. Leviathan's most crucial work is, is keeping people from receiving the things of God and the Holy Spirit from moving into the presence of Almighty God. His primary goal is to interrupt and stop all true moves of the Holy Spirit and, and stunt the spiritual growth of all true believers. He wants to stop the anointing flow of the Holy Spirit. He wants to eclipse the Son, the S-O-N, Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus. He wants to eclipse him in our lives. He is Satan's counterfeit of the Holy Spirit. The church of today has been lulled to sleep by Leviathan's spirit. He pulls a veil over the eyes of believers and, and causes us to fall into an apathetic state. We recently were at a family reunion in Pennsylvania and my wife was sitting on the edge of the bed and was looking out the window. She called me over and showed me the shadow of the tall pine trees surrounding the cabin. Then she pulled the shade up and showed me the whole real tree in all of its majesty, and the shadows did not do the real tree justice. This is what Leviathan does. He veils the truth of the glory of God. In 1 Corinthians 13, 12, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. We will never know perfectly because only God is omniscient. But God does intend for us to perfectly know his will, which he has written down and revealed to us. Leviathan, on the other hand, he tries to block us from that knowledge and the fullness of Almighty God in our lives. 
one thing he tells us is that we need to wait on God's timing. Though there is much truth in that, and we get in trouble when we run ahead of God and get out of alignment with God's will, and I can testify to that, I believe the enemy uses that to freeze us into inaction when all the while God is saying, where are you? I'm waiting on you. God is waiting on us to say, enough is enough. Leviathan mocks, comes against, and blocks deliverance and deliverance ministries. Leviathan stops spiritual growth in people. He does. How does he do this? One way is to settle us into a spirit of apathy by telling us that we have all the answers we need. Many believe that is sufficient to just read the Bible. And you know, I've done just that and have missed so much of the truth of God. Some of the more popular scriptures that many Christians misunderstand are judge not lest ye be judged, wives submit to your husbands, and in Colossians 2.8 we see, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. The Word warns us against the deception of the world. Leviathan will twist the Word of God to make the philosophy of the world sound acceptable. Remember in the garden when Satan said, Surely you won't die. Now over the last years, I have dared to challenge my beliefs by asking myself, is there a possibility that I could be wrong in my beliefs? Which ushers in a follow-up question, do I have the courage to change my actions if it can be proved biblically my interpretation of Scripture is faulty? Are you willing to change your beliefs And ask yourself these questions. Leviathan stops spiritual growth in people. People can't pray. They can't read the Bible. They go to sleep during a church service. Severe problems with Bible study. Concentration on spiritual goals. Restrictions and bondages that hinder worship. There you will find Leviathan operating. The reason people get so shut in is because of the effects of Leviathan's tight coils around them. A python will wrap himself around you and and squeeze the life out of you. And that's exactly what Leviathan does. He squeezes the spirit out of you. You cannot discern, nor can you hear the spirit. You say that you don't get a word from the Lord or, or move in the gifts. In Job 41.15, it says that the scales of Leviathan are his pride, and they are shut up so tight that they create a close seal that air cannot penetrate. Now, Leviathan's main goal is to stop the move of the Holy Spirit and all spiritual growth in the people of God, preventing us from moving into the things of the Almighty God. 
He wants to stop the flow of the anointing. Have you ever been in church and feel the Spirit of God moving and just bathing the place with His presence? And suddenly the music starts up. Or maybe the pastor gets impatient and needs to move the service along. And the Spirit is broken. That's the spirit of Leviathan. Can you think of a better place for Leviathan to position himself? Leviathan is more interested in spirit-filled people than anyone else. Leviathan resides in the holy place and is a counterfeit for the Holy Spirit. He positions himself in the holy place in such a way that he prevents us from entering in to the holy of holies. Do you know why the church building is built in such a way that there is a narthex, a sanctuary, and the altar area? Or in most churches today, it happens to be a stage. The narthex is representative of the court of the Gentiles in the temple. The sanctuary is the holy place. The altar and the pulpit area is representative of the holy of holies which today has been remodeled into a stage and is no longer the Holy of Holies. When you cross the outer court, there is a bronze altar, which is a type and the shadow of the cross and Christ's sacrifice. The holy place was entered daily by the priest and had three pieces of furniture, a massive lampstand, which provided the only light, The holy place was a place of revelation and illumination by the Holy Spirit of God, symbolized by the oil-burning lamps. There was a table of showbread with 12 loaves of bread, which were replenished weekly. Showbread was also called the bread of the presence because it was always to be in the Lord's presence. The table of showbread was a picture of God's willingness to fellowship and commune with us. Each Sabbath day, the priest would eat the bread and replace it with a new bread. It also symbolized the nourishment from Jesus, the bread of life. Does this remind you of Holy Communion? Spirit-filled churches are moved vulner- are more vulnerable to Leviathan because we are so proud of the revelation we've received. We have truth but not all the truth. God is wise in that. Leviathan places himself between us and the Holy of Holies and tries to prevent us from entering into the very presence of the Holy God. Now, God hates all of this. You may say that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and Leviathan does not control me. You may want to remember 1 Corinthians 10.12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. I have no pride. Or, I have surrendered my pride and have it under control, which is a statement of pride. God says in Isaiah 42.8, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. The Leviathan spirit carries the very nature and works of the accuser of the brethren and attacks with his tongue, the lying critical tongue. 
This spirit out of his mouth comes lies, gossip, accusations, criticism, fault-finding, and slander. He wants to slander your character and bring reproach on your name. Now, Leviathan has the seven heads, and many relate that to the seven deadly sins. In Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, there are six things which the Lord hates, yes, seven, which are an abomination to him. This statement of six things, yes, seven, may mean that the list is specific but not exhaustive, or an indication that the seventh is worse than them all. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. Pride is dust defying, deifying itself. The valet of an emperor said, I cannot deny that my master was vain. He had to be the central figure in everything. If he went to a christening, he wanted to be the baby. If he went to a wedding, he wanted to be the bride. If he went to a funeral, he wanted to be the corpse. A lying tongue. The tongue was created to glorify God. To lie is to pervert its use, and God cannot lie, so he cannot give the privilege to anyone else. Hands that shed innocent blood. Life is of infinite value to God, and he proved this by paying an infinite price at Calvary. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, refers to the mind that is always plotting evil. In Mark 7, 21, 22, for from within, out of the heart of men, proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries. Deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Feet that run rapidly to evil, God cannot only hates the heart that does evil, but the feet that are eager to, eager to carry it out. A false witness who utters lies and one who spreads strife among brothers. The outstanding thing here is that God ranks one who sows discord among the ranks of the murderers, liars, and perjurers. In Isaiah 14.4, Lucifer said in his heart, a secret sin, I will be like the Most High. Ambitious pride snared Satan himself, and he has extensively used this to subvert human beings, since all are susceptible and never quite immune to it. We must remain constantly vigilant, lest this pride gain a foothold in our lives and thinking. In closing, let me say that Leviathan surely is not someone I'd like to meet on a dark night or even in the daylight. This principality is impossible to attack by humankind, but only by the terrible, powerful sword of God. Remember in Job 41.8, 
lay your hand on him and remember the battle, you will not do it again. Leviathan must be conquered in the heavenlies, in the spirit realm. His appearance is so terrible and he is so powerful and ghastly looking that his enemies are so terrified they become paralyzed with fear at the sight of him. We must remember that this battle is with a principality, not a demon. Always remember the battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers, the world forces of darkness, and against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Second Chronicles 20.15 And he said, Listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Lord, we thank you for this teaching. We thank you for this revelation. And Lord, we just thank you that we have the Holy Spirit that lives in us, and he guides us and protects us, and he gives us wisdom and enlightenment. Let us yield, Lord Jesus. Let us humble ourselves before you and trust in your hand. We thank you, Father, and I pray for a blessing on all who hears this message. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless everybody.